0: I find the great thing in this world is not so much where we stand, as in what direction we are moving. We must sail sometimes with the wind, and sometimes against it. But we must
1: sail, and not drift, nor lie at anchor. Oliver Wendell Holmes I'm Joe, that's Kurt over there, and we
0: are Dudes in Progress.
1: Hey, Kurt.
2: Hey, Joe.
0: What's shaking, buddy?
2: I did have a good day today, and it started off, been looking forward to some warm weather. We've had mornings in the 20s. when I get out and walk, and I was looking forward, looking out towards the weather reports were saying getting into the 50s for three days in a row, and we hit 50 today. Some snow was melting. It was really nice. Sun was shining. It was great. I had a good day. A lot of good things happening at work, and it finished off with a really fun win for the week that I'm going to talk about later. That was fantastic, Joe.
0: Awesome. How was your day? Awesome. I had a good day today, (laughs) except for about three hours. (laughs) I was having a nice, productive day at work. Now, uh, most of you know I had a flood in my house as a result of a faulty dishwasher installation by Best Buy. So we've been rebuilding
1: from that flood over the past several weeks. And it was all downstairs. The flood was all downstairs. My wife calls me, I don't know, 12 o'clock or so this afternoon, and said,
0: we have water streaming from the upstairs somewhere
1: into the downstairs utility room. I can just see it's coming from the ceiling, but it's streaming down. And I'm like,
2: are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I hate that when it happens anyway. I've had it when the ice builds up on your roof mm-hmm. and it gets so bad that the, when it starts to melt, that water comes streaming down the side of your house inside. Right, right. Yep. Uh, yep. I hate when that happens, but I can see how you're ultra sensitive to this right now.
0: I am ultra sensitive to anything to do with H two O. I don't even take showers anymore or baths. I'm just I haven't I haven't is been that, around water. that the
2: smell. I'm That's the smell. The-
0: well, as it ended up, as it ended up, it was a small leak in a, in a pipe that was easily accessible, coming from the water pipe running through the ceiling. Uh, apparently, maybe ten years or so ago, somebody had had screwed a screw into that pipe when they were putting up the drywall. Uh, We've only been here about three years and it has been just a slow seep for the past 10 years. I mean, when you look at this pipe, it is heavily corroded. It's, it's, it's in bad shape. Uh, So what my guess is through the turning the, turning water off and on uh, the main water off and on over the past few days here and just time, bad timing, that, that screw in there finally rusted out, fell, you know, fell through, and here came the water. Well, I'm so glad you caught so, it quickly. I, re- I did catch it, had a plumber out. He, re- he did his plumber stuff, his plumber magic, and um, we're, we're all okay now. We're all okay now. Here we are, man. Here we are with the, uh, I think this is episode 11 or 12. This might be episode 12. It is episode 12 because I was editing 11.
2: Uh, Finished it yeah, today, this is, editing so this alarm. is
0: episode 12, and we are on our fourth installment in our final discussion on intentional living. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to talk about our win for the week. We're going to discuss our 30-day minimalism challenge, and I have some very frank, transparent things to say about that, Kurt. Uh, we're each going to share a resource and uh, wrap up with a quote, but, Let's go into our discussion on intentional living. This final discussion on intentional living. Uh, I'm pulling from a book by Greg McGowan called Essentialism and a few other things here and there, but primarily it's 90% from Essentialism. And today we're going to talk about the four skills required for intentional living. And those skills are editing your life, protecting the asset, shifting your mindset, and learning to just. discern the vital few from the trivial many i like those yeah yeah four skills for intentional living let's start with editing your life do you edit kurt do you ever edit anything (laughs) that's a little question isn't it yeah you spend every day editing something
2: I was editing dudes in progress the last two days i'm editing a podcast every single morning whether it's dudes in progress, or it's geeking on Walt Disney world. Everyone drink up. And then my Patreon version for that too. But I'm sure that's not what you're referring to, but it is, it's similar,
0: right? We we're, it, you eliminate the things that, that don't bring value to the conversation. Uh, you eliminate things that are distracting ums and us and those types of items. And you have a, an overarching concept of what you want the end, end product to be,
2: right? That's very true. I'm adding the yeah. music in the beginning and the end, of course.
0: Yeah, enhancing it through the things that are important to you. Getting that. And things my fish tank things that would make it more
2: yeah, out of the background.
1: Yeah.
2: All of that uh, stuff. I, all that stuff. But also, I'm definitely editing my life all the time. I'm reflecting back. And we're talking about this intentional living. I know how you're saying this. We're doing a four part series on this. I feel like that's going to be the theme of this podcast throughout, in some some way. I do too. I do too.
0: But we're not going to change the name to Intentional Living with Curt and Joe. Well, we couldn't. We couldn't get the domain. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did try Intentional Living, didn't we? Or Living in an Oh, we tried life a lot of things like
2: that. that we couldn't find. We did. Available. We did. But let's talk about
0: editing your life, editing your life through the strict elimination of the trivial, unimportant, and irrelevant. We have to learn to become an editor of our own lives and be, be conscious of that, of that process, be constantly editing.
1: To cut out options is the very essence of decision-making. The, the fewer options I have, the better
0: decisions I make. <laughs> Uh, where I get into trouble if, if, when I start considering all options. So when we're making decisions, we have to learn to eliminate our options, eliminate the ugly ones, eliminate the ones that we know are obvious, but also eliminate, eliminate thing, eliminate the maybes. We have to, we have to cut out our options if we're going to make
2: good life decisions. I know you said last week, cause I was editing it this week that uh, this can really lock you up.
0: I think about this project right now where we're rebuilding from the flood and uh, I got locked up a bit. I had a lot of options. I had people that have been through it before trying to give their sage advice of how to handle it. And um, yeah, it, 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 twisted me, it twisted me up a little bit. If I'd have been clear on what I wanted to happen and how simple I wanted it to be and cut out most of my options, I think I would have come to a quicker decision on the best pass, path forward. And that's the way it is with life in general. We also have to learn to condense, right? We have to lower the ratio of effort to results, eliminate multiple meaningless activities and replace them with one one, very meaningful activity. And that harken, harken back, harkens back to uh, Gary Keller's the One Thing, which is the book that you brought to the table for this, for this discussion. But we have to eliminate multiple meaningless activities. We have to condense what we're doing and, and condense our day and condense our activities uh, just to the one meaningful thing that we need to do that day. And we also have to make corrections, right? We have to uh, understand when somebody has misspoke when when if we're if we're editing a, a, a podcast you have to understand when somebody has misspoke or mispronounced or you they had to start over uh, so we in the same vein we have to look for ways to make corrections in our life to regularly compare our activities and our behaviors to where we want to go to our real intent to our actual values and if they're incorrect edit them out so cut out options condense your condense your, your life and your activities and learn to correct yourself. And that's, that's the essence of
2: editing your life. I was doing a little bit of that with part of our 30-day challenge. And I was unsubscribing to emails because apparently I chase a lot of shiny objects, Joe. And that's mm-hmm. another thing. Got to be careful what you add. I think one of the quotes, I was looking for quotes and using Greg McCowan's Essentialism book. And if it's not a hard yes then it's a no. Absolutely. It's a great quote.
0: Absolutely. So how did you come to the decision of, the,
2: of eliminating your emails? There was a lot of annoying emails I was getting from, some of these were promo items that I bought for my podcast. I had two or three of those that I don't need to get emails from them and sellers Stores and yeah, there was a lot of stuff, other podcasts, maybe or books. Of course, I read these books and sign up for their program and get those emails. I bet I eliminated like, I don't know, 20 to 30. That's a lot. It felt good though.
0: I listened to a a podcaster and a a really, really smart businessman. His name's Ray Edwards. And uh, I think this came from Ray. He talked
1: about he talked about editing his, his email list by declaring email bankruptcy. And what he did is he just went through his entire inbox and deleted it. Everything he's in, because his thought is
0: the important stuff will bubble back up.
2: Mm, that's I like, I like inbox zero, which is a concept I learned a long time ago. I do that pretty good at work, but You know Gmail. I can't find. I would do it if I could find the button. (laughs) I don't know that it has a delete all. I'll have to show that to you. It's in
0: there. It's just. It's just. It's kind of hidden in. (laughs) It's a a little wonky process, but it's. It's in there. So the first of the four key skills for intentional living is editing your life. You got to learn to cut out. Cut out your options. Condense your activities and make corrections. Make
1: corrections as you go. What do you consider your most important asset, Kurt? Ooh, my knowledge. Hmm. That's going a little deeper than I thought, than I thought we'd go.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I've been studying, you know?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We're, we've been hanging
0: out together for a while, so <laughs> you know where I'm at, you know what I'm after here, but some people might, might say their most important asset is their house or their car or even their kids, but their most important asset is themselves. And you took that a little deeper to say your knowledge you've got to remember to protect the asset and this is the simple idea of just taking care of yourself just taking care of yourself and these are things that we've all heard before things like eat right exercise now when it comes to eating right figure that out right mm-hmm. just figure it out whatever works for you but you know what works right? right i can tell you what works for me i can tell you right now what works for me when it comes to eating right eating right it's lean meats Fruits and vegetables, and that's it. Stay away from sweets, stay away from everything else, and keep it simple. That's it for me. I know what it takes, and you know what it takes to eat right. And So we're not going to go into what that means. But but also we have to learn, we have to remember to exercise. Move. And whatever exercise means to you, you know what exercise means. We're not going to go deep into this. Exercise. Move your body, right? Protect your asset. But here's something that I do want to talk about, that I undervalue, and I have undervalued my whole life, and that is sleep. I,
2: I was going to say that. It was right on t- my tongue.
0: I, I know how I, to eat right. I know you I well know well how enough. to exercise. <laughs> I, I have undervalued and underappreciated sleep my whole life. There's been times that I, I've, I've run weeks off of mm. a few hours of sleep a night. I think a lot of people. I, was, I think
2: that's very common.
0: It is common. But we have to learn to sleep, study after study after study. I mean, I love to sleep when I'm doing it, but man, I, I you know, when you just feel like you got a lot to do or you've you've got a lot going on and your mind's spinning, so you just get up and start moving. We have to learn to sleep. And I'm talking about a full on sleep, not three hours a night, not four hours a night. That's all a myth, right? The science has proven that's a myth. We are when when we lack sleep. Uh, and we go through our day, it's like we're going through our day uh, under the influence of alcohol, because you lose the same motor skills, or under the influence of drugs, uh, you lose the same, you, you lose your certain mental acuity or quickness when you don't get enough sleep. Driving while tired is just as ja- dangerous as drunk driving.
2: For sure. Yeah.
0: It absolutely is. We have, to, we have to learn to
2: sleep. Eight hours a day you know my i bring up my dad a lot in this his sayings but i can remember him saying and he was mostly a laborer worked hard and he said if, if you worked hard enough during the day you would sleep which is a simple <laughs> thing right i remember him saying that right. to a neighbor who was more of a white collar mm-hmm. they were having a conversation but i can remember him saying that many times if you worked hard enough today you'd sleep meaning Maybe you didn't work at all today because he was kind of a hard worker.
0: I read a study recently about taking a nap where the science clearly shows that taking a nap increases creativity.
1: Just a 20-minute nap increases uh, performance, uh, creativity, uh, your
0: ability to function. Just a quick 20-minute, half-hour nap every day. And I'm, I'm probably three days a week, I'm taking a nap at some point. I go out to my car and just kick back and just close my eyes and nap away. I like that. But, but we have to sleep. We have to learn to sleep. If there's a number one way right now under, in this culture, in this society, mm-hmm. that we can take better care of
2: ourselves, I firmly believe it's, it's getting more sleep. I agree. You know, it was funny. I was looking through again for quotes for my quote for the week and I had one picked out and by accident, I copied the wrong one just the way it was on my mobile device. And, and then I used another one, but the one is rel- r- relative to what you're talking right now is quote, Craig's quote here is we overvalue non-essentials like nicer car or house or even intangibles like the number of followers on Twitter or the way we look in our Facebook photos. And as a result, we neglect activities that are truly essential, like spending time with our loved ones, nurturing our spirit, or taking care of our health.
0: when I think about our health, and we think about Gary Keller's concept of the one thing, what one thing can we do right now that by doing so, we can make everything else either easier or unnecessary? If we can learn to sleep well and get good sleep, uh, now you may need to go to the doctor. You may have sleep apnea. You may have to get a CPAP machine. You may there may there might be some things that you have to do medically to get sleep and and just make those sacrifices. Swallow your pride and and do what you need to do to get better sleep. Create an evening routine where you're getting ready for bed, but get more sleep because if you get more sleep.
1: Here's what I find. If, if I get more sleep, I make better eating decisions and I have the energy to exercise.
0: So if I get better sleep, if I get more sleep, the other two things kind of
1: fall into place. It's a badge of honor
2: to not yeah. sleep. Right. Right. And in our culture, and I get teased sometimes people, say, I'll say, Hey, I went to bed at eight o'clock last night. You got, they're like, you got to be kidding me. Nope. I was tired. I went to bed and Hey, I might've got up at five o'clock. They don't get up at five o'clock. It's just, and I don't know. People think it's not important. I think it's really important.
1: Very important. Also
2: sitting up and watching TV.
0: So that's the second. And that's the second on the four key skills for intentional living, editing your life and protecting your asset. Uh, let's move to mindset. In Greg's book, he talks a little bit about mindset, and I like how he boils it down to false assumptions on three core truths. And if you replace these false assumptions and shift your mindset to three core truths about, uh, that's related to those assumptions or the opposite of those assumptions, you can really shift your mindset to a more intentional mindset where you're, you're moving your life forward uh easily moving your life forward how many times have we said i have to i have to go to work or i have to go do this chore i have to go help this person how many times in in in, in our day do we say i have to do something
2: oh yeah it's quite common and i know you're you gotta reflect on some of those things when you're trying to be an essentialist do you really have to I do pretty good of people will invite you to a meeting and you're like looking at that going, Why was I invited to this meeting? (laughs) Right.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) What if you made a mind shift? What if you made the mind
1: shift from I have to, to either I choose to, or I get to, it moves our mind from
0: one of coercion to one of choice to one of autonomy. And one of liberty. If you just replace the, the false assumption of I have to, to I choose to, or I get to, how much easier does that make your decisions?
2: Absolutely. I, can, I was thinking back to when my kids were little. I did a lot of coaching. I volunteered for a lot of coaching. I was involved heavily with my kids' activities. And I can honestly say I chose to do that. I wanted to be involved. I enjoyed doing that. I mean, there were times <laughs> when it got so crazy busy. And maybe I volunteered a little bit more than I probably should have. But I still felt like this was my time and to be with my family and prioritize my family. So I, I felt like I was saying I choose to. There were a lot so of parents you- that didn't choose to help out, though. <laughs> That's for sure.
0: Let's talk about that meeting that none of us want to go to, but we have to go to. We, we tried to get out of it. We went through all of our processes, processes to get out of it, and here we are going to this meeting. What if we, but what if we change our mindset from I have to go to this meeting to I get to go to this meeting? I get to go to a, a place where I'm meeting with my peers and creatively interject and uh, bounce ideas off of each other or listen, I, I, I get to uh, maybe listen to some wisdom from a, a, a presenter, whatever it might be. Uh, that little mindset shift can, can help you deal with the situation better and actually help you make better decisions about situations like that going forward. So changing, changing from I have to, to I choose to. How about this one, Kurt? It's all important. Have you ever heard anybody say that when they're, when they're, they're trying to make priorities or plans at work, or you're with a group of people and nobody can decide what they, what's the important thing to do because everybody thinks it's all important.
2: Absolutely. I think that's another cultural thing, especially in the, at work, business world, everything, everything all the time is important.
0: Everything all the time. You're right. Everything all the time.
2: I had a early on in my career, getting in a little bit in the IT space, working for a sales team. I remember the manager, he was a charismatic guy. And the sales teams, the salesmen, would always be coming after me for sales reports and all kinds of different data gathering and special projects for them. And that's probably maybe in the work world where I learned this, choosing the right things. But he made it very clear that he was the number one priority, I <laughs> made it easy. <laughs> he was funny yep. about it too, the way he, you know, he would watch who I was assisting. Not that those things weren't important, but I worked for the big guy.
0: So what, what we have to do is move that from it's all important to only a few things really matter. Now you may have to deal with that guy who thinks he's the most important, uh, but if you have the mindset of only a few things really matter, uh, you, can, you can slowly shift your activity and your mind to focus on the, view, the very few things that are really going to make a difference in your life. You can't Everything cannot be important. It's not all important. Only a few things really matter. And the goal
2: of this is to find out what those few things are. If you ever get that email that seems like it's really important, it needs to be worked on immediately, and somehow you get busy and you you forget, and you don't get to it till like 24 hours later, only to find out that they found the answers somewhere else. Yep, yep, yep. So the next one is, I can
0: do both. The next mindset shift is, I can do both or everything. I can do everything.
1: I can do both or I can do everything. You can't. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. And if you if we
0: make that mindset shift to realize that hey, I have the freedom, I have the autonomy to do anything I want to do, but I can't do everything. And it really helps us focus in and hone in On those things that are really important. Of all the things that we can do, what's the most important thing to do? Because I can do anything that gives me the sense of freedom. It gives me the sense of autonomy. Uh, I can do anything, but I can't do everything.
2: You're going to like my quote for the week, so I'm not going to spoil it now. You're going to have to wait because it fits in so perfectly here. I want to read it so bad, but I'm going to (laughs) wait. That's shifting your mindset. And those are the
0: three things that you really have to shift from false assumptions to core truths. I have to, to I choose to. It's all important to only a few things really matter. And I can do everything to I can do anything, but not everything. So that brings us from editing to editing your life, protect your asset, shifting your mindset to finally learn to discern the vital few from the trivial many. And that is the journey that we're on. I have really nothing to no key points or key things to say about that other than we have to learn to discern the vital few from the trivial many. Uh, In in essentialism, uh, Greg argues that contrary to popular opinion, uh, essentialists have more options than non-essentialists. Non-essentialists get excited by virtually everything and thus react to everything. But because they are so busy pursuing every opportunity and idea, they explore less. If we can learn to just discern, using wisdom and experience and knowledge, discern the vital few from the trivial many, we will be on a path of focused,
2: intentional living. So Joe, through all these Four episodes on this intentional living topic. Has anything come to your mind on what is your one thing or your essential things to pursue?
1: I've learned that
0: I have to eliminate options. I have to intentionally move simply through life with simple intent and and with uh, simple goals or simple values. And I've harkened back to this house and this flood as an example, and I will again. The things that we've done in this house are, are a result of cascading decisions, decisions that we made, not out of simplicity, but because we thought we could, or we thought it would be nice to, or we thought it would be well it would be a good opportunity. when really, if, if from the very beginning we would have said, "These are the two or three things." That we need to do to get ourselves back to where we were before. Nothing more, nothing less, just to get ourselves back exactly the way we were before. If we would have had that mindset, we would have been through this process already. Uh, we would have a lot less angst. We would have a, had a lot less anxiety. And we've got some money out of our own pocket that we're gonna have to spend because of some decisions that we made uh, along this way with cascading decisions. You know what I mean by cascading decisions, right?
2: One leads That's where to another,
0: yeah, one, one decision leads to another decision, leads to another decision, leads to another problem, leads to you having to fix that problem. When in fixing that problem, you find this problem and now you have to fix that. If we would have just kept our, kept our process, kept our mindset simple. And that is really what I have learned. Uh, to answer your question, I didn't, I have not identified like a one thing uh, other than to keep my life simple. Being focused on a simple life would be my one thing. What is simple? Well What's your one thing?
2: Yeah, this series of shows, for me, Joe, has got me thinking of what would be my one thing. And it's really around training, learning, and then sharing the, that experience with others. And it's something... I do. I've talked about doing this at work and building assets that I can share with others so that when someone comes to me, I can point them to a video or a, a post, a blog post, a, some information that can get them moving forward. And I really enjoy doing that. And then I want to take that not just from my work life, but into the side hustles that I do. We're doing that with this podcast. And I'd like to build another side hustle that's around that topic of learning things and teaching to others. So I've been listening to podcasts about that topic and looking to pursue that area also.
1: I just want to wrap up this part of of intentional living with that one saying from Greg McGowan. Learn to discern the vital few from the trivial many. Awesome. What's going on over in the Dudes in Progress Facebook community, Kurt? Yeah, Joe, we got a really
2: interesting feedback on episode 10 from Catherine, I'll just say her first name, really enjoyed the episode, and she was talking about, I think it was you, about attending a business meeting while your wife and newborn child were in the hospital with powerful reminder. She was saying a powerful reminder of a situation she experienced from a boss. And I'll just, without getting it too personal, she realized how important family was when you have sometimes people just say something in jest to you. And I don't, sometimes you don't know if they're serious, but it cuts deep. Mm hmm. And you remember it. They probably never even think another minute about it. But they'll make those kind of comments, especially when you're you're taking a leave of absence, maybe for a medical thing. I think they said to her that it was a bad time for this to happen. (laughs) Right. Like there's ever control. Yeah. Like there's ever a good time for a, a medical situation, but she really felt good about making the right choice to take care of the family instead of worrying about what the boss was saying at that time that was a real yeah, personal really, story she relayed to us so
0: and there's a couple there's a couple of those in our facebook in our facebook community um if you want to if you want to uh, head over there you can just go to dudesinprogress.com/facebook i think that's act, that's an active link right now if not I'll make it active, dudesinprogress.com slash Facebook. That'll take you right to our Facebook page. Um, if that's not active, give me a minute and I'll, and I'll make that active. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the engagement. I love the community that we're building over there in the Facebook community and, and just the interaction that we have. And, and uh, it just, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. And that comment was encouraging as well. So Catherine, thank you. Thank you for um, being vulnerable and transparent and uh thank you for your thank you for your compliment we certainly appreciate you um as much if not more than you appreciate us it's interesting
2: when you make a decision based on your your values you feel it's a tough thing at first you're not sure if you made the right decision then looking back on it you're like yeah i did the right thing and i think that was her experience for sure too so Mm -hmm. thank you Catherine. i totally agree with that
0: What's your win for the week, Kurt? This is the one I've been waiting for, I think. (laughs) I've been been getting you psyched up for all of my... You've water dropped so much stuff for this segment, man. I, (laughs) I almost shucked the whole show and said, let's just get right to Kurt's stuff.
2: Well, I had one win for the week I was ready to talk about. I think I'll sneak it in there anyway in this part, the end of our conversation. I was at... Getting ready to close up shop today and in our instant messaging, one of my coworkers said, Hey, there's a really nice comment in another chat going on that does some support work. And it mentioned a learning event I did on Friday and she was saying how great it was, but she was having a problem with something. Now it's not a particular thread that I normally would be monitoring, but I, I just was able to get her on the phone and help her out with the situation, and Joe, she was just so appreciative hmm. of that learning event I did to I mean very dramatic she got me she got me laughing and smiling, and she said that session last Friday changed my life. oh my gosh! <laughs> I was oh my gosh, wow, you know, and she wasn't like being sarcastic, I don't think she was. I don't know, changed her work life, I guess. It wasn't. But she was struggling or something. She had something on her mind for a long time. She saw this email come in with this session that I was doing. She was so glad it was there that she attended. And she was so proud. It was a little bit of helping her modernize her website. And she got it. She was doing a great job. There was just one little... And it is a difficult part she was at. It was in the learning event, but I had to... Help her through it. And it, yeah, we had, I mean, from 15 minutes, she was already running. So that was fun. But again, that is, again, part of my one thing. That's, that's why it's satisfying when I learn these things and share them with others. I'll get, every once in a while, I'll get one of those feedbacks from people I'm helping
1: out. Well, anytime, tell anytime anybody tells
0: you
2: that they've, you've changed their life. (laughs) I'd call that a win. I'd like to get more of those, Joe. That's when we talk about values and the things that you want to do with your life. I, I mean, they're few and far between, but they sure are fun when you get them.
0: Comments like that really put gas in your tank. It, it moves you forward. It, it gives you that boost of energy, that boost of focus, that willingness to get up early and, mm. and do the work, right?
2: We were talking about, yeah, that was an important thing of happiness. Meaning, if your life has meaning, Right. That was, yep. came up last week.
0: I go to, and I help lead a men's Bible study that meets at 6.30 on Tuesday mornings. And we've been doing this for a handful of weeks now. We've, we did it in the past, and we just restarted it the first of the year. And this particular study went really deep. And a couple of the guys opened up about some real-life, vulnerable, transparent issues. And we're in the middle of this restaurant, you know, not terribly busy at 6.30 in the morning, but we're still, we're we're in a fairly public place and sharing some things that wouldn't normally be shared, uh, number one, by a group of guys, and number two, in in such a public way, we were just able to encourage these couple guys and they were able to encourage us. It was a really significant moment, uh, not only for those guys, but for me personally, (laughs) That I, was, that I helped facilitate a couple of these guys uh, challenge themselves on what kind of men they are and what kind of men they want to
2: become and open up. That's a great one. Isn't it interesting when you're not expecting this? Even with a Bible study, you don't know. It could be a dry, boring, <laughs> nobody... Participating, engaging, kind of evening, or in your case, early morning. That's interesting. You do that in the morning. And, and that you're walking out of there going, Wow, what just happened?
1: Yep. Wow, <laughs> what was, just happened is right.
2: That's fast. That's, I love those kind of moments. Fantastic, Joe.
1: Well, here we are.
0: We're, I think, midway through our 30 day minimalism challenge. Uh,
2: how is yours going, Kurt? What we've been talking about, it's been a struggle. I think we took on more than we thought. I realized that I've got a lot of my day is planned, and trying to sneak in 30 minutes to do another thing can be difficult. But, Joe, this has been helping me. I did some. I went into the list this week, and even today I was doing some things because I knew we were recording today. And there was one for setting up our 15-minute morning ritual. I've been reviewing that. I have that already, so that wasn't a tough one. My morning ritual, although I've changed it a little bit, is now I make coffee. That would be what Joe calls a trigger. And then I do my little dumbbell routine. It's kind of where the coffee is going. And the reward is once I do my exercise and then I read now, I'm spending at least 15 minutes reading and many times it's in a book that's going to contribute to our podcast. So that's the routine. I've, I got that set up and going well. I'm enjoying that. We talked about the unsubscribing from emails. Had a great time doing that today. And this was one I've been waiting for cleaning out my car. <laughs> I intentionally <laughs> left it messy
0: Oh, intentionally left them messy so you could do this, this challenge. Awesome.
2: There were things nagging me. A friend of ours dumped off a bunch of candles on us that I was supposed to give my daughter, and she never wanted them. So those are going over to Goodwill. And I had things in my trunk that just got in the way of putting my groceries in there, Joe, and I cleaned those. Up. I had a box from clearing out my desk at the beginning of the year because we moved desks, and we took all of our personals home. And then I've been working from home mostly, but I had a big box in the back of the trunk. I took that out, cut up some boxes, cleaned out the garage a little bit more. So actually, I feel a little bit better than I did last week.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
2: I've, I've kept up with most of the challenges.
0: There's a few that I've missed. Uh, but you started to talk about this uh, when I mentioned how's the 30-day challenge going. How is the 30 day challenge going, really? That's my question for myself. And I want to honestly discuss how we thought through, how well we thought through this challenge and what we think we would change had we had to do the challenge again. I'm, just to be transparent and vulnerable here, and that's been kind of the words of the day, I guess, I'm disappointed in myself on this 30 day minimalism challenge. Because I was geared up for it, and I was ready for it, and I thought, man, let's do this. And it's, it's a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. And I think we kind of bit off more than we could chew, and, uh, and we put forth an expectation for our community uh,
1: that was, I think, unrealistic. Unrealistic. It's just difficult to do these things, because you
0: have to kind of think of a new thing every day, right? And you kind of have to pivot and twist yourself around every day to perform the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. And many of the challenges were good for me, but I think that we overextended ourselves on this challenge. And had I had to do it over again, I would have probably done one a week, just four challenges over the
1: next 30 days, just one a week just to just to see how it went, yeah, no,
2: I think there's more in there, like you said, essentialism <laughs> there's there was more to do than we expected, like i it batched didn't out, seem like a lot, did it right, I batched out a bunch of them today, like three of them I did today, and it felt really good it could have like you said, it, it could have been. More selective, like there were things in there that I couldn't do, like drive fifteen minutes early to work, and there was uh, we talked about the computer or no digital day, right? That's nearly impossible for me, (laughs) right? I mean, unless we had some, like you said, if I stayed off my social media, maybe for today, I could do that. But yeah, that's actually a day that I did pretty good on. I know, but I, I'm not gonna be. You know what? I'm not going to be hard on myself. We're going to try to do the best we can. And I'm feeling the impact just by doing that, Joe. Yep. So I think I'm getting to the essence of what we're going for. And I think I would extend it and just keep doing some of these off the list beyond the 30 days.
0: Yeah. We can continue to talk about it. We can continue to share it in the Facebook community. We can continue to, um, uh, check off the list, maybe some things that we didn't get to because we didn't have time or the energy or whatever it might be, mm. but we, we really wanted to do. So that's a good idea, Kurt. Because they're I a great like example.
2: That. There's with 30 of them there. There's great things for anyone to pick and choose. I think it's stringent to try to pick that one to do that day
1: too. Right. Good point. Good point. You have a resource
2: to, sh- to share? Yeah. Again, on my theme of learning, udemy.com. We have a subscription, I have one at work, and I'm finding it helpful. I am beginning a certification exam study, a Microsoft exam. It's the PL900, if anyone knows the power platform fundamentals of the Microsoft platform. It's something that I use on a regular basis at work. This is a tool that, I, and my manager mentioned it, we have to set up our goals for the year. And he said, why don't you look at doing a certification? And I'll tell you, that has been, earlier in my career, I did some certifications. I had a choice of going back to college for a master's or start looking at becoming an expert in a technology. And certification really intrigued me. And I was really successful. I felt like, would an employer really care if I had an MBA in this technical field? or I could demonstrate a technical capability and certification in this technology that was unique. I bet you can guess which way I went. Absolutely. So I've been successful in that, and I'm gonna continue. And udemy.com has some good courses that help you prepare for certifications in computer technology. So that's my resource of the week.
0: Udemy is, is excellent. It's a, it's an excellent. It's an excellent site. It's an excellent resource. Uh, they have everything from uh, quick, quick learning opportunities uh, to longer term classes. I, I, I appreciate Udemy. I've done a couple things on you to me before, so I they're relatively I, inexpensive I too.
2: So I think when you buy a course, I, don't, I know I wasn't you to me. I don't know if it was you to me. I bought like a editing Audacity for podcasting for like ten dollars on sale or something one time, and it's like four hours of training. It's like incredible. Yeah.
0: Probably set a good foundation for what you do now. My resource is not nearly as dramatic, Kurt. (laughs) My resource is a trash can. (laughs) It's the Hodor H-O-T-O-R three-gallon car trash can. You can get it on Amazon for about $18.99. And I love this thing. It hooks right on the back of uh, the headrest on the passenger seat. It's within within arms range. It's deep. It's it's uh, waterproof. It has some side pockets to keep things like maybe some extra pens or tissues or whatever it might be. So, but it have some fairly, it has some fairly, fairly deep side pockets and it's got this big old three gallon garbage can. Uh, that hangs off the back of my passenger seat, and I can swing it around so it sits in the uh, in the front of the seat, or I can swing it around so it sits in the back, and it really helps me keep my my car tidy. And uh, I've I've always been one to I've always kept my car fairly tidy, but my big bad habit was I would take whatever trash I had and stuff it into that pocket on the door, and just keep stuffing it in there. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it in the, in the middle console, but I would stuff it in those, in those pockets on the door. Oh. Um, and eventually it would just get full of garbage and I'd have to go in there and sweep stuff out. And sometimes I'm pulling out old, old apple cores or receipts or a chewed up piece of, half a chewed up piece of gum. Uh, and I'd have to reach in there and, and kind of throw that stuff away. With this little HOTOR three-gallon, Car trash, trash can from Amazon. I, I reach my arm around and throw it in there, and it's convenient. It sits right on the back of my uh, the headrest, and I just love this thing. I just love this thing.
2: I can understand.
0: The links in the, in, the links in today's website, under, under Joe's stuff, um, the Hotor three-gallon car trash can from Amazon, 1899. Let's wrap up for, with our quotes for the week.
2: All right, we'll stick. We'll stay with Greg McGowan. Essentialists, oh, I have Greg McGowan, too. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidence. Essentialists see trade-offs as an inherent part of life, not as inherently negative part of life. Instead of asking, what do I have to give up? They ask, what do I want to go big on? Oh, Again, that's a mind shift question, right? That's why I wanted to share it to you when you were talking about that. Oh, I love that. You are talking about things giving up. And you know, what if you just load your life with things that you're going big on? It makes it so much easier to say no when someone comes up to you. Like, I know I'm doing a lot of side hustles. I got my day job. There's, it's not difficult to say no to things. When you've got your essentials filling up your life and the things that you want to go big on. Does this
0: move us towards our one big thing? If not, the answer is no. Right. I like it. I like it. My quote is uh, also from Greg McGowan, but this comes from Greg's uh, second book called Effortless. He, of course, wrote Essentialism, and he followed that up with a book called Effortless, make it easy to get the right things done. What if the biggest thing keeping us from doing what matters is the false assumption that it has to take tremendous effort. What if instead we consider the possibility that the reason something feels hard is that we
1: haven't yet found the easier way to do it. Yeah.
2: I, I, I saw this ahead of time. This is so true. How many times are you locked up? I gave one example a few weeks ago of a home project. <laughs> you know, YouTube can solve those things <laughs> relatively easy. And you've and you just been thinking about it. You're not sure. You get a little bit of information and wow, you're like, that was a lot easier than I thought. And I had a friend at work. He was always saying some profound things. And he said, it's, everything's easy once you know how.
0: <laughs> that, that's very profound actually <laughs> how many things do we do right now that, that we didn't know how to do before and when we go to explain it to somebody it's so easy to us we almost can't understand yeah. how they don't know how to do it <laughs> forgetting that we once had a time
2: that we didn't know how to do it I, th- I was talking about this learning event I did last weekend about modernizing your website I had one really key thing Essentially, you apply a template, a modern template, and you wouldn't know. You'd be looking at your site going, oh, my gosh, I don't know technology. I don't know where to start. I have no idea. A lot of these people. I showed them a couple of clicks how to apply a modern template, and the lights just went on. Like, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that was there. <laughs> right? Yep. And, I, I, and I've, read, I've read this
0: book, Effortless, by Greg McGowan. And it can, be a, it, can, it can be a game changer if you allow yourself to move from uh, working hard and, and just just blood, sweat, and
1: tears effort um, as a badge of honor to making life easier mm. and doing things the easy
0: way. Because ultimately, if you, if you do it the easy way and you get the same result, isn't that better? Because you've conserved energy and creativity for other tasks instead of, instead of pouring all your blood, sweat, and tears into this task when you didn't really have to. So I love this. I love
2: this. Uh, yet found the easier way to do it. Joe, so what did you find to be the differences or similarities to these two books? Because they sound similar. They they are similar. Ones and it, it could be made into one large book.
0: I think essentialism is setting the stage for living an easier life. It's the mindset, it's the, it's the change in your life, it's the focusing on the vital few versus the trivial many, uh, it's how to say no, it's how to set up your life to make it easier to do the things that, that you need to do, to make the decisions that you need to make. Effortless gives practical strategies on looking at your life, and looking at tasks, and looking at your work, or looking at your projects, or looking at your goals,
1: and making those easier, mm. okay. and how to eliminate the, um, I guess the muck and the mire, the the stuff that gets in the way, and just concentrate on those things that would make. Your life effortless. That's a good book. That's a good book. I like the
2: title. Make it easy to get the right things done.
0: Well, Kurt, I think we're going to wrap up right there. Our website is dudes in progress, uh, If you want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook and we're on Twitter. Uh, you can send an email, dudes at dudes We would love to hear from you. And as we go into this week, let's remember progress is better than perfection. So keep moving forward. We'll try to do a little bit better
2: next time, Joe.
0: We certainly will. Talk to you soon.
2: See you, Joe.